Greetings. Welcome to Space Court. I'm only familiar, probably a fraction of 1% with Western astrology. And I say that because I think it's a lifelong learning (laughs) and because there's so many dynamics and so many elements to it. But I understand the surface of houses. I understand the surface of the zodiac signs. I understand the surface of the planets. And I feel like that's probably less than a percent, maybe a full 1% of, you know, (laughs) what's needed to kind of dive deeper. So... As you had mentioned, I think in one of our calls, you know, there's a lot of astrologers that have no, I guess, understanding of the night sky. Yep. And so I have a friend that recently took an astronomy course. And so I was asking her, like, look in the sky and like, what's actually happening in the sky? Cue the sirens. (laughs) And when she was looking in the sky, she is seeing, at least from the Hawaiian perspective, and I don't know exactly how this shifts around the world, but the sun is in Sagittarius when allegedly... in the constellation. Yes, in the constellation of Sagittarius. So now my mind is going like, wait, what? And, you know, I've heard the whisperings of sidereal and Vedic astrology, and I thought, what are they saying? And sure enough, they're saying it's also in Sagittarius. So now my mind is like, what is Western? doing why would they say it's in capricorn if yeah no because that's okay can i interrupt you yes please Uh, constellations and signs are not the same thing so the constellation of sagittarius has nothing to do with the sign of sagittarius space cord space cord We invite you to join us as we learn about the Aquarius archetype. Constellations and signs are not the same thing. So the constellation of Sagittarius has nothing to do with the sign of Sagittarius. What does that mean? Constellations are just the backdrop and the backdrop is always changing. Mm-hmm. Always. We would like to introduce you to astrologer Kate Rusko, Virgo Sun, Gemini Moon, Pisces Rising. So when we talk about the age of Pisces, mm-hmm. it's because the uh, March equinox, like the backdrop of that has been Pisces for 2000 years. Mm -hmm. And now it is shifting into Aquarius. So it'll be the age of Aquarius, Mm -hmm. right? So the sun, when it rises, been rising in Aries, Mm -hmm. actually behind it has been Pisces. Mm -hmm. Now the sun, it'll be like zero Aries Mm -hmm. and behind it will be the water bearer constellation. And what gets confusing is that astronomers decided to call the constellations by the same names as, as astrologers call the signs. So it gets really confusing. So yeah, you're right. Behind the sun is not the goat, uh, the goat, the sea goat. Yeah. It's 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 the archer. Yeah. Specifically one friend of mine that kind of does Western and Vedic. And he was saying, just as you're saying, you know, the sky, Mm -hmm. which is a circle and the difference between Western and Vedic is 
where do you want to start the circle? I mean, technically uh-huh. there is no beginning and no end. So yeah, exactly. the, the choices that are made for these two yeah, versions of this language are just at different points. And he explained yeah. that in Western, they're following the vernal equinox, the sun mm-hmm. in that rotation. And then Vedic is again, starting with like a constellation. And okay. the constellation is that shift. When Western astrologers are talking, they're never talking about the constellations. They're only talking about signs, which are seasonal, uh, which are based on archetypes. That's why a lot of Western astrologers have no idea what's going on in the sky because mm, they don't need to. They're just relying on signs and the description of signs. They don't know what is actually behind it. Mm. But when they're talking about Capricorn, mm-hmm. they're talking about the archetype of Capricorn. They're not talking about the constellations at all. Wow. Okay. We would like to introduce you to astrology student Rachel Villaverde. Cancer Sun Cancer Moon Gemini Rising When it's seasonal, like that's just fixed, right, to the like Gregorian calendar. It's like, oh, it's January then. So mid-January, we're going to be going into Aquarius, right? Yeah, exactly. And that will never change. Like the vernal equinox will never be in another sign. It'll always be. It's just staying fixed. And so that's also why, for example, Ophiuchus, right, which kind of causes a lot of like stir and craze. Because that was just never part of the original fixed It's just, it's not a sign. (laughs) It's a constellation. So people are making the mistake thinking they're the same thing and it is there and it is, does, I think it does hit the ecliptic, but it's not a sign. Right. So it will never be the 13th sign (laughs) because there isn't the 13th sign. Right. I think that's a, that's a, that's a great start of like Western astrology does not follow the constellations and that's the huge thing. And astronomers have now identified constellations as the same names as these archetypes. And thus there's, and and, and some astrologers say they did it on purpose just to, sure. But I guess the only way, one of the major ways that Western astrologers do recognize the constellations is by saying, okay, we're in the age of Pisces, you know, statements like that are Our not constellations. constellations, but they're very few. And like last year in the vernal equinox, someone wrote, oh, the sun is entering the zero degrees of the constellation of Aries. And mm. thought, there we go. People don't understand. Mm-mm, mm-mm. It's what, the sign. It's not the constellation. Yeah. yeah. We don't need to go further into it, but I do wonder like based on the sky, like how can you say Jupiter is in the sign of something like, you know, I, I'm interested in that map of Western. Oh yeah. Well, that's just, again, it's, it's seasonal. Yeah. All these things. Okay, well, I appreciate that. It, um, it, is, it is learning the night sky and understanding all the cycles. It's it's a big study. Yeah. yeah I was definitely, though, you know, thrown back and just kind of like, Western's lying to everybody. Why are people <laughs> believing it? Just blindly believe, you know, and then I was really glad to talk to my Vedic friend because he was. He was like, it's not like one is right and one is wrong. Here we are holding two truths. And the way that he broke it down into this like circle, like how you decide where it begins and when people have different viewpoints of where it begins, you're going to have... Well, yeah, like uh, the Venus cycle is something a lot of different people talk about. Mm. And they're not talking about the one Venus cycle. They're talking about their version of the Venus cycle mm. because different people start the Venus cycle at different times. Like, when do you start it? Do you start it when it rises in the east in the morning? Do you start it when it sets in the west? Like, like mm. what? Like what? at what point do you start the cycle? Is it when it's with the sun? Like, you, you have to um, actually go out there and figure out for yourself what you think is is actually valid yeah 
which I think is actually a pretty beautiful segue into the Aquarius archetype, right? Because there's this <laughs> own unique truth that you hold and that yeah. you have with regards to how you choose to go about something. Or that's my understanding of kind of the traits or attributes of the Aquarian or the water. Oh, bear, yeah. Right. It like, is the, the visionary and the eccentric. Yeah. yeah. And just, yeah. yeah, like unique, right? Like this. Um, Absolutely. Absolutely yeah. unique. And individuals who have Aquarius in their chart have to really honor that part of themselves that they're quite different from other people and they're not going to blend in nor should they want to. Do you find that they would have like aversion towards blending into people? Absolutely. Like if in fact they start to blend in, they're going to in fact go, you know, swing the pendulum the other direction because it's like, this is uncomfortable. Yeah. So I have a, I have a daughter who is an Aquarian. She's Aquarius moon. She has Mars and some of the outer planets there too. And, um, the minute people go sort of go right, she's like, oh, you know, I'm going to go left. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and like, if everyone is kind of looking cool in her class, she's like, you know what? I'm going to go conservative. <laughs> she always has to be. Yes, against different. the grain. Yeah. Yeah. Different because it is about reaching for something new as well, like bringing in the future. Mm. So something that hasn't been here before. So they're, they're not people who want to, like, it's an amazing move from Capricorn to Aquarius because Capricorn is all about the past and what has worked, has, what has worked and what will work. And Aquarius is like, forget the past. <laughs> like, who knows? We're starting from a, like a clean slate here and we're going to mm. bring in something that hopefully no one has ever seen before or heard mm. of before. They're the great experimenters. Mm. You know, they're yeah. like kind of a bit mad scientists, like, you know, trying out different things. And uh, principles are huge for Aquarians. They, they're never stuck in content. They're, they're about context, mm. like mm-hmm. huge perspective. So when you live by context, you're, you're drawing on principles. Mm. And they have very, very high principles. And they mm. want to bring those principles to earth. And they want other people to live by them. So they tend to get really frustrated <laughs> because planet earth is like it's, it's earth it's slow um mm-hmm. it's you know people people are slow to change and they're stuck in their emotions and aquarians actually almost don't even need a body and mm-hmm. they don't want emotions they just want to spontaneously manifest whatever it is that's come to their mind and they don't want to be bogged down you know they want like the highest vibe possible mm-hmm. for everyone yeah. and they want everyone to behave like that yeah. So, yeah, these are people who need a lot of detachment. You know, they need time alone. Mm-hmm. Like if you have someone in your life who has Aquarius, just give them their space. <laughs> you know? Yeah. I really, really, really appreciate that. Do you find that they're good communicators about needing that space? Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Well, they'll take it no matter what because it's so necessary mm-hmm. to them. Are Aquarians great communicators? Mm-hmm. Not so sure about that. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> you know, like they're, they can be very like, like sort of to the point about yeah. things and can be sometimes a little bit cutting, you know, they're not, it's not a water sign. They're not sort of concerned about how someone's going to receive the information or like, this is the truth. They'll naturally take space for themselves. Like I've had clients, I have a lot of clients who have that mm. in their chart. And, you know, some of them even say to me, I need, you know, three hours when I come home from work just to sit. <laughs> you know like is that okay you know, yeah. yeah that's what yeah. you need to do you're like it's like you're sort of being in meditation yeah and just taking space for yourself so you can get back to that higher state right that's what you have to being in the world all day mm. time to detach yeah makes sense so i pulled up a few people with aquarius and so i want to start off with the Aquarian moon mm. and i found john lennon 
Mm. and uh, Princess Diana. John Lennon, I don't know if, how, you know, how mythic John Lennon still is, but when I was growing up, he was huge. He was like that song, Imagine. That's, mm-hmm. that's a great Aquarian song, like Imagine oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. a Utopian World, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, he had a lot of air in his charts. He had a sun in Libra with Mars in Libra. Mm-hmm. So he was really able to detach and see sort of a big perspective mm-hmm. of something. But he also doesn't, like, doesn't strike me as someone who's super touchy-feely. Uh, of the Beatles, maybe the, less, the least friendly Mm, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah detached. But, but he, like, yes, kind of. Yeah, um, detached. Uh, but he had these, you know, this incredible way of expressing himself and these incredible ideals mm. that he was able to tap into and inspire people with. And Princess Diana also, I just, I watched a film where it was just her talking. She did these recordings. And I found it fascinating because as she was talking, she kept on saying, you know, when I was young, I was so detached, so detached. <laughs> and she was just saying all these Aquarian things about herself, mm. including the fact that she always knew that she was going to end up somewhere, you know, do mm. something, even though there was no evidence that she was going to do anything with her life, you right. know, like yeah. until she met Prince Charles. I mean, she was doing very much, you know, <laughs> she hadn't even had a boyfriend mm. up until then. But she knew that something was waiting for her. And that's very Korean, mm. like being prophetic and being able to already know like mm. where things are going and where you're going. Mm. And, you know, talking about context versus content, she was able to detach from the content of her life, which was quite tumultuous, like a terrible marriage and sort of rise above it into this context of being able to bring, you know, shine out as a being of love to people. She went and she visited AIDS patients and the untouchables in India. And she was just this figure of like universal kind of compassion. And even though she was a princess, she was also there for everyone, like people in their needs. So she represented this very, very high ideal, even though her own life was far from nurturing you know, I think all she really wanted was a partner who loved her, but yet she didn't get that, but she did manage to really tap into the ideal of love itself. Mm. Like, interestingly, she met with Mother Teresa a few times, and one of the nuns who worked with Mother Teresa said that Mother Teresa spent half an hour with Princess Diana, and then in all the years she'd worked with Mother Teresa, she herself had never had that 30 minutes of attention mm. by Mother Teresa, but she gave it to Princess Diana, who apparently then had some sort of spiritual awakening or, you know, understood that her mission, she had this sort of spiritual mission, Mm. which was to bring this, you know, to just be a very loving being to to people in general, Mm. the people's princess. It's quite interesting that Aquarius ability to go, okay, I know what I'm here for. At a certain point, she said, well, she'd wish that Charles and Camilla could go off and do her own thing because she just wanted to continue doing her job, which she felt was going to meet all these different people and touch them, just be with them. You know, for us, it seems sort of normal now, but that was shocking at the time. So she really left a a huge impact Mm. on people, you know, and you can look at her in a way and kind of dismiss her, but I I really do think she changed the vibe on planet Earth. People were really obsessed with her, I think. And that was part of it because she was able to tap into something Mm. that was way bigger than her own situation, Mm, 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 mm. which is very Korean. Who else? Uh, oh, yes. Um, this dude has a lot of, of Aquarius. Mozart. <laughs> he was a son in Aquarius. 
Mercury and Venus, according to the chart that I have, because mm-hmm. it's, it's, it's a late degree Venus, but you know, seems to be kosher. And he's also born in Saturn when Saturn was in Aquarius, which is going on at the moment. Mm-hmm. So he, I mean, his music is like higher sphere music, right? I mean, it's, it's unbelievable. Sure. what he brought down onto earth was unbelievable. And I was thinking even the content of the time, like, you know, no running water, no toilets, no, you know, like all this mm-hmm. stuff to make your life difficult. And yet he wrote music like he was sitting in heaven already. Mm-hmm. And it's music that is just, it's still just as vibrant today as it was. Right. Timeless. Timeless timeless. And I wonder whether he changed also something about music at the time. I'm not sure. But he was, a, he was definitely a prodigy. Yeah. And a super Aquarian and a Sag moon. So he was really out there, like really out there, individual, super cool. And then who else? There is Oprah. She's got a lot of Aquarius. She's a Venus sun conjunction with Mercury in Aquarius mm. as well. Mm. And so she's also, you think about the content context things. She was able to really inspire people by showing them the larger context of what mm. they were going through. And she's also a Sag moon, like Mozart, you know, mm. so very brilliant, very brilliant mind. She seems very friendly, but I don't know much about her other than her big reputation, but I don't know whether what she's like in person, but I don't imagine she, you know, she's someone who's must be extremely directed and on their own kind of like their own trip. Like no one's going to tell her what to do. Yeah. Yeah. She's the boss. (laughs) Yeah. She's, she's the boss and able to think of all these different ways of doing things and how to communicate. Um, Mm -hmm. Steve Jobs had Mercury in Aquarius. So I think always thinking. Yeah. Like a lot of pioneers pioneering these, these ways. And, and I like that um, you brought up Mozart because it is, it's like that timelessness, like there's Mm kind of no expiration on the impact that they have. You know, you can take it into its context and like, wow, it was way ahead of its time. But then even in its time, really cutting edge. You know, mm-hmm. everything is and he he also has a fire moon. He's got um an Aries moon. Mm. So I think that combination mm. of fire moon and then a mind or other parts that are in Aquarius, like it gives that great combo of the ideas and just mm. for them to really go with their ideas, even mm-hmm. no matter how far out they are, just to invest mm. everything into them and just like let it rip. Mm. And Barack Obama. He's born, actually, he's born in Jupiter in Aquarius. And he has his ascendant and south node are also in Aquarius. Hmm. Uh, But I thought it was interesting, you know, to think, pull out some people who are born with Jupiter in Aquarius and Saturn in Aquarius, since we have both of those at the Hmm. moment. So Hmm. people like like Einstein, Einstein was also a Jupiter in Aquarius. Okay, wow, big. Yeah, so the expansion on all these like higher ideas and looking into the future and experimentation and, mm. and like being the visionary, like really getting that huge context, like, you know, the greatest distance sort of context, mm. um, which, you know, Einstein certainly did, right? Mm-hmm. He wants to explain the entire universe. <laughs> a little bit, just a little bit. <laughs> yeah, just a little bit. And I think Barack Obama, like he kind of had a bit of that vibe too, it, in a sense, he was sort of a bit detached. He's a Gemini moon, but he mm. had a lot of that kind of unflustered aspect about him. 
like kind yeah. of always like he'd be okay. There's a really funny part in Michelle Obama's book where she describes like early on in their relationship, she woke up one night and she saw him sitting by the window and she was thinking, oh, is he, is he thinking about me? Or is he thinking about his dad or something like that? <laughs> said, what are you thinking about? And he said, income inequality. <laughs> Yes. In a nutshell, right there. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So, Michelle, uh, she was born Saturn in Aquarius, and she's Mm. got her Mars in Aquarius. So, her masculine principle is also that, you know, is kind of a philosopher. Like, she Mm. she probably attracted, she was attracted to Brack because he he has that. But Mm. actually, she has that herself. You know, she's, she is a visionary herself. Yeah. And who else? Um, well, Kate Middleton. The back royal, to the, yeah, back to the royal family. <laughs> yeah. So she's got Venus and Mercury very, very close, like less than mm. a degree. So there's, you know, there's her connection kind of to Princess Diana. You know what I mean? They have sort of, that's the vibe, mm, right? Yeah, yeah. Why maybe Prince William was attracted to her. But mm-hmm. I feel like she hasn't really stepped into that. I mean, I, I don't follow right, that. Right, right, right. I haven't heard that she's done anything spectacular. But I think we may mm-hmm. see something happen because Saturn and Jupiter will be oh, okay. hitting both her Mercury and her Venus. Mm-hmm. So who knows? Maybe she will find her own, like the own, her own principles that she wants to follow and that she wants mm. to lead with in this lifetime. And like, it might help her like figure out what kind of impact she wants to have mm, on the mm, world. Mm. You know, I, I don't really know much about her either, mm-hmm. uh, but she seems to be very, there's no shadow there that right. we've heard of, <laughs> right? So hasn't surfaced yet. <laughs> yeah, hasn't surfaced yet, yeah. Um, Aquarians don't like the shadow, mm. okay? They, they like the light and they actually mm-hmm. will tend to deny that there's, you know, that that's sort of, they're, they're, they're most, the most likely sign to go for spiritual bypass because they mm-hmm. don't want to actually look into the shadow. And Their shadow I, is the shadow. <laughs> yes. Even having a shadow is the shadow. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, so uh, I had a client once who was <laughs> very, a lot of Aquarius in her chart and she also had, had uh, Scorpio. And I said, well, you're, you know, you're bringing the shadow to light. <gasps> oh my God, I can't do that. You know, like I had to really talk her down from like the breast. She's like, don't oh tell me I have shadow, <laughs> you know, but um, yeah, they, it's like, they don't want to go there mm. because they want to keep things high vibe. But then, yeah. you know, at the same time, they might really live by a principle and not go into the shadow. Mm. That's possible. Mm-hmm. As yeah. well, right? And so I think, you know, speaking of Kate Middleton, she seems to, you know, her her Capricorn sun, Cancer moon, you know, she's in Libra, like she's very, you know, on the straight and narrow. Mm-mm-mm. Yeah. 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 But maybe she might get a little bit weird. Right. Things could, <laughs> things could get weird soon, real soon. Stay maybe tuned. she'll totally change her fashion. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. That's the group I picked up on. I think someone to really think about in the next year is someone like Princess Diana because like we're going through a time when what can you depend on? Nothing, but maybe your principles, <laughs> you know? Mm-hmm. So maybe the content of your life is a bit chaotic 
mm. as it is for many of us t- at this point. But if you like manage to detach like she did and just find something that, you know, you could a principle to latch onto as did mother Teresa, right. She mm. embodied that every person deserves, you know, has dignity and deserves to die in dignity. Mm. Um, you know, find, find your prince, the princess die within you and like have some sort of impact. Mm. You know, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I I find, I find her actually kind of inspiring. Very much so. Where's, um, where's it showing up in your house slash what's your Aquarius in your chart? Do you have some, I have the 12th 12th house. Mm -hmm. So uh, Saturn is going to pose my Venus, I have Venus and Leo. Mm -hmm. That will start shortly and I will keep you informed. (laughs) (laughs) But as Saturn is going into my 12th house, I think that's why I've sort of done a bit of retreating Mm. lately. It's like, mm-hmm. like kind of regrouping mm-hmm. uh, vibe for me mm-hmm. and rethinking things also mm-hmm. uh, for myself. Yeah. And you, where, where is it? Uh, in my ninth house. So mm-hmm. well, philosophies and stuff like that, like yep. your vision will change. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm definitely in the great learning right now. I mean, spe- specifically with astrology, but definitely some, some pretty big, um, yeah, interpersonal work. And yeah. Oh, I, that's a great combination for astrology. <laughs> yeah. 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 Aquarius I'm, in the ninth. Yeah. Mm, mm, mm. Like my, you know, Aquarius in the twelfth is good too. So great. Yeah. So I'm. Uh, I'm. Uh, I'm ready. I'm ready for it. Gearing up for it. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, we can exp- like like we're seeing happen right now. Everything's going to amp up. Mm. Going to really quickly for for many reasons, and one of them or two of them are the ingress of Saturn mm. and Jupiter into mm. Aquarius, and we're seeing all the mutations of COVID. Like, that. but I think that's also that's because of uh, Neptune mm. squaring the nodes as well, which will mm. be um, exact. Uh, I think in a few days. So yeah, everything's just exploding, but we can also use that within ourselves, mm-hmm. right? To say, okay, like, what are my options? Mm-hmm. Like, what haven't I thought about uh, before? What new perspectives can I bring to, to this situation? Um, yeah, like, where can I expand beyond anything that I've thought of before and experiment and allow myself also actually to, to have a f- few failures mm-hmm. because that's, that's going to happen when you're experimenting. Yeah. And actually, yeah. I'm going to check up Thomas Edison. He, Thomas Edison, he was Sun Mercury uh, in Aquarius with Neptune there. Mm-hmm. So really amping that up. And he, you know, if you want to, if you want a good, get some good quotes. Oh, this is, this is great. Actually, he had also had a fire moon. So Sagittarius moon and then a lot of Aquarius. So again, these ideas just exploding. Mm-hmm. And if you, if you Google him, and get quotes. I mean, those quotes are amazing. He's like, I never failed. I just, you know, tried, tried again. Like, I just, mm. I just found solutions to work. Like, he was really able to accept that as an inventor and an mm. experimenter, you're going to have failure. But that's mm. all part of the journey. Because you just have to keep bringing it in, keep bringing it in, keep bringing it in. That's really something that I need. I really appreciate you bringing the Thomas Edison quotes into the game. Because failure is something I definitely have a lot of association with like weakness and like bad, like negative, strong negative associations. And 
I do think failure is a phenomenal teacher. I just am not acquainted with that classroom and I'm not excited <laughs> about the curriculum, but, but I do believe, I, I think I've had a lot of people that have kind of illuminated that for me recently. And I am so like, if, if there's even a little inkling that I might fail at that, I'm going to go in the opposite direction, you know, and right. it has well, a lot I- to do with like rejection and fear around that and like being wrong and a lot of like binary thinking that I think is certainly kind of being transformed. Yeah. So Thomas Edison said, our greatest weakness lies in giving up. The most certain way to succeed is always to try just one more time. And then the next quote is, I start where the last man left off. (laughs) Mm. And just because something doesn't do what you plan it to do doesn't mean it's useless. Mm -mm -mm. And and so this is the best one, actually. When you've exhausted all possibilities, remember this, you haven't. (laughs) (laughs) That's awesome. Okay. The flip side of this is Aquarius can have a gazillion different ideas that never actually can land, Mm. you know, and actually, you know, they can be that crazy inventor who never gets the invention that works. You know what I mean? Yeah. And they can also be the ivory tower philosopher. So someone who has an sort of opinion about everything, but actually never does anything about it, mm-hmm. you know, becomes very cynical. Mm-hmm. So it, it can go there. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it's, it's a great learning this year. Yeah. We're going to have to experiment. We're going to have to try a whole bunch of different things and not know whether they're going to work out and mm-hmm. be totally okay with it. Okay. Cheers to that. Everybody <laughs> buckle up. Let's go. <laughs> 2021. Here we come. Space Chord. Space Chord.